So this is Gen 80 Talks members. with Anai. And hats. Don't know what we're doing with our hats. Okay. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking a little bit about one of the topics that I love talking the most about. Which is... Romantic love, love languages and expectations. And yes. to be honest, I think this is um, a really important subject. I went through, um, obviously, um, having got married and then it didn't just go well. And one of the key issues was um, the, the love languages were not being read between mm -hmm. the two people in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that was a big problem. I mean, um, if, if over a certain amount of time you can't figure out what love language your partner um, sort of communicating. Um, reacts to or communicates mm -hmm. in, then it will become an issue yeah. later on. And, yeah, yeah, totally. uh, and, that, and that's one of the, actually the, the biggest issues for me was this, that mm -hmm. there was zero communication from that side of things. Yeah. Um, you know, little things like when you're having a hard day, um, you expect somebody to give you a hug because, and, and we're going to go into all these different types. Yeah, especially you said something, a, a really important word, which did you expect. And um, romantic love is one of those situations where we are back to being triggered as we were in infancy, in, term, in the terms of how we react to the other person. So remember when we talk about the, the circles of intimacy and we talk about how you go from you, like mom equals me, and then how she moves out of that circle and a little bit further. And then the next circle after your own relationship with yourself is your romantic partner, right? So the issue there is that many times our expectations and what we learned romantic love was supposed to be doesn't match the reality of the relationship that we are at, especially once we have passed the first part, you know, the honeymoon period, mm. and you start going through hardship and, you know, conflict and all that. And, th and that's when a lot of couples break up. So you have the beginning, which, we're, which is when everyone is drugged, because we are drugged. Like we, have, we have more oxytocin, we have pheromones, we have all these amazing hormones that are keeping us um, enticed by the other person. They smell amazing. All our, our receptors are like, whoa, this is the best thing ever. And then what happens is that once we pass that hormonal state, and we go back to being normal. If you don't have the tools and the resources and the disposition to actually face conflict and grow through it together as a couple, that's when most relationships dissolve after comp yeah. after commitment happens. And I think it's um, growing up is, plays a major role in conditioning you and the way you um, will seek your relationships mm -hmm. going forward. Of course, <clears throat> um, I mean we all go through it. We all have our experiences through our friends and whether we're in our mid-30s or late 30s or early 40s, whatever. Or early 30s. Uh, or early 30s or whatever. But the point is, you know, um, you grow up as a kid in a certain environment. Uh, you have um, parents who are very soft, um, very extremely loving. They, they uh, give you lots of love. Um, and then you have parents who are very reprimanding and, and always like on your case. You know, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, you're not doing this. And obviously... Uh, as human beings, you react, right? So um, you sometimes you wish that they were less less tough on you, or you wish they would be more loving, or you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. So I give you an example. Like my mum, just a, a very small example. Is that whenever we were being woken up in the morning to go to school, if my dad was waking you up, you were like dreading that, like dad's coming to wake you up. But if it was your mum coming to wake you up, or my mum coming to wake us up, um, she'd always like, okay, she'd sit next to you on the bed. She'd be say to you, okay. Uh, right, are you going to get up now? Uh, can I just sleep another five more minutes? I'm just like, okay. She's like, well, sit up and you can sleep five minutes in my hand. And that was her way of getting you out of bed. Oh, yeah. that is adorable. Yeah, well, yeah, she's, she is adorable. But, she uh, is. Uh, my dad's adorable too, 
in his own special way. But uh, the point is, when my dad was waking up, he was, come on, wake up, we have to have breakfast, get down, da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. And you don't react to that. If it's something you don't like, you won't be receptive to it. Yeah. And, and then obviously that then translates into your uh, adult life. When you meet a girl, when you meet a guy, um, if that person is very sort of regimental with you, that might be something that you are not traumatized by, but you just don't like. So, wounded. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess so. But, um, okay, so side note quickly. Yeah. You know how I wake up my boys? How? I get in bed with them. We have to have mandatory cuddles every morning. Do you? Yeah. And we, then I tickle them. But do you, reckon, do you reckon when they're older and they have family and kids, they'll probably do the same thing? I hope so. My mom used to do that. My mom will like sometimes dress me half, me half asleep. Like, I, I love cuddles. I'm very physical. So I love that to do that with them. And I'm not a mo- like, I'm not a mother earth oh, mom. I'm not that. I'm actually quite strict in many ways, but I do like cuddles a lot. But more of what you were saying, not only do we learn about love from how our parents love us, but also how they love each other. Mm-hmm. So children are conditioned, they, they create a, an archetype of what a relationship should look like or should feel like for what they're seeing with their parents too and the dynamics. So um, unfortunately now, we live in a more individualistic society where a lot of the times children don't have don't experience other couples beyond their parents, maybe their grandparents. But for example, for me back in the day, when I lived in Venezuela with so many cousins and aunties and uncles and stuff, the idea, the construct that you create about what romantic love should look like or feel like comes not only from me, my mom and mom and dad, but also my grandparents, my uncles and aunties. How do they relate? How is it? What am I looking? What am I consuming yeah, yeah. in terms of what romance is, right? But, but then and not, then there's also media. Yeah. So you start to create a construct of okay, so a marriage looks like this and this and this, and you start to create kind of a puzzle there that later on you project or you want to leave when you are in romantic love. But you see, that's that's the human beings. Uh, they're very simple, but they're very complicated too. And, and what I mean by that is. Um, you are, um, let's say, the result of many things. Yeah. What you watch, what you see, the, the five closest people to you um, in terms of your friends uh, or your family. Um, all these kind of things are things that you, you feed on and then you then shape yourself based on that. Yeah. And that shaping process can go in so many different directions, yes. right? Um, there is, the whole idea of what is normal is all dependent on what you input to that person. Yeah. So, um, just one other thing that you were saying, that there's also, there are also parents, single parents that are growing up, yeah. um, bringing up their kids. Um, they don't have the mum or the dad around, mm-hmm. okay? So they don't even have that opportunity to see that uh, relationship. But you can still model love because love is love is love, right? And you also have children that are being brought up in... in um in divorce, in divorce um, households, and then divorce can look so different from person to person, sure. family to family. Yeah. So, so the reality is that this is how we start to create a model. However, and this is a very big call of action to everyone listening or watching or both. Um, there's a moment in life where you have to take ownership of how, the archetypes that you have created and the beliefs that you hold against key items like, of course, romantic love, money sexuality, religion, all of those things, there's a moment that as grown-ups we have to take responsibility for. Because it's very easy for me, for example, to be like, well, you know, I'm going to suck at romantic love because my parents are divorced and they broke me. But that's a very very childish way of looking at life. 
yes, a lot of what I learn about love, yes, a lot of what I learn about relationships and the mechanics inside a relationship comes from a relationship that unfortunately ended rather shittily. Um, but then also I have had to do the, the work to create a different model for myself that I could actually put my back on. And it's not a perfect model. I mean, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm separated already and, and facing a whole new world of being divorced and having kids and all that, which is totally um, unexpected. Um, but if I say, well, this happened to me because my parents divorced, then where is my free will? When it, where is my growth as a human, you know? Yeah, you have to take ownership for your own actions and, and you your also own need, life. And yeah. you need to challenge those beliefs. Yeah. So, for example, for me, one of the beliefs that I always held about love was that um, romantic love was just at the beginning, but eventually when things got difficult, you end up being alone because that's what I saw with my mom. That's what I saw with my grandparents and, and a lot of people around. Like, I am... From my maternal lineage, most women have been either single moms or have alienated their spouses, right? So it would be very easy for me to say, well, that's, that's just how I roll. But where is my growth then, you know? So romantic love, it, it's at the beginning, it's biochemical, it's chemistry. It's my body reacts to your body hormonally, we're going to click and there's going to be all this magic and passion and stuff. And then you have all the emotional components, my wounding connect with your wounding and we are going to have a lot of sparks there. And then after that is how we're going to make this relationship work. And having said that, I don't think the success of a romantic partnership is based on whether they last forever or not. To me, the success is whether you face challenges without breaking and without attacking each other. So even in a, in a relationship like mine and my ex-husband, um, I still think that we have been very successful because despite the fact that we are separated, um, we have remained really good to each other. We are co-parenting our children together. We are facing a lot of this new, well, first of all, we're facing lockdown together. Um, and we're being very, remaining as respectful as we can. To me, that shows immense success. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes as a society, we tend to believe that for something to be successful, it has to be forever. And the reality is that there are relationships that are meant to trigger growth in us and there are relationships that are meant to be part of our life forever and ever. Make sense? Yeah. Right. Love languages. So, mm. so a, a part of that, let's say, prolongation of a relationship is understanding people's love languages, right? But not just love languages, also understanding the wounding. I think that this is where we talk about expectations and what each of us need and what, how, we, how we show up in relational um, in the relational world, right? Um, one thing that I do with my clients always, it's at the beginning, like by the second session, they have to have clarity about several things about themselves. So one of the tests that we actually use is a love languages test. And why do what, I love that? What are the love languages? We have to... So there are five love languages. There's words of affirmations, there's um, acts of service, gift, receiving gifts or giving gifts, um, physical touch, and quality time. So those are the five love languages. And this is a theory by, I cannot remember his name, Chapman. That's his name, Gary Chapman. Can I just, is it possible to speak five love languages? Yes. So technically, the more balanced you are, the better. But it's not so much about speaking the love languages as understanding and perceiving. This is all about perception. So, for example, when I was a newlywed, one of the things that drove me crazy, I'm a very tidy person, is that... um, my then husband used to leave socks, like balls of socks everywhere. That was me mental. Um, and I, I always complain. 
And eventually I start seeing that he will actually put them in the bucket. That is an act of love. That is an act of love. That actually. is an act. Yeah. So sometimes we are too busy caught up in our own love language and we miss our partners. I love you. You know, we miss them. However, this is also a great way for you to have a lot of self-awareness about what you need in relationship and how you can love yourself better. So one of the reasons why my clients take the test is so that we can adjust their self-love routines using the love language that works the best for them. Like for example, for me, my top love language is words of affirmation. My second love language is physical touch. And then after that comes quality time. So those are the things that I'm gonna crave the most in relationship. However, if my partner, let's say that their, their top language is quality, is um, acts of service, the second one is gifts, and the third one is quality time, we are going to miss each other's I love yous if we are not ready to receive that. And this is where expectations are so important because if I know where I'm standing in romantic love and I know my needs in romantic love, first I can communicate them better, but also I can make sure that my partner gets them and can act on them. So I'm not expecting him or her to answer to whatever thing I'm thinking. I'm actually actively saying, hey, so I'm feeling this part of me is neglected. Could we maybe find a way? Are you okay? Like there's more a dialogue. I'm not yeah, expecting him yeah. to feel me. I'm building something together. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, the communication is important. I mean, for me, for example, I, I, in my relationship, it was very, um, former relationship, it was very, um, I was never expecting anything back. I mean, that's the kind of person that I am. I will always do anything for anyone um, at any point in time and not expect anything mm -hmm. back. Obviously, inside of me, sometimes I think, oh, it would be nice if that person acknowledged that I was doing something, but that would be after a prolonged period of time. Um, and um, and after a period of time, it does get it gets upsetting. And 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 the way you deal with that kind of um, uh, sort of unhappiness or you know discontent is it, people are different. People they vocalize it. They say, right, like you just said, we need to talk about this. Like, like what's going on? You're not re re really acknowledging anything, or people tend to go quiet. But that, this is why it's really important for things um, or for relationships to thrive the other person needs to be of some sort of intelligence or emotional intelligence as well to have to have this ability to see that the other person is going through something um, because sometimes that person can't vocalize their their discontent like so i i, dis I, 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 I disagree there but a i wasn't bit. i wasn't very good at saying by the way i'm not happy with this because yeah. i don't i don't by saying that i don't want to make them feel as if they're doing something bad Right, because I don't want to upset them. But at the same time, you are. So I think that that's why a lot of passive aggressiveness and bullshit happens that pisses me off. Because I think that in a like relational romantic love is one of those moments where you are the closest to your original childhood wounding. You are gonna get triggered. You need to step up and say what you need and, and what you want. And it's not a demand. It's a communication. Anything that happened in a relationship is co-created 50-50. It's never one person's fault or the other person's fault. Because even if the other person is horrendous, by not stepping, setting boundaries, by not protecting yourself, by not verbalizing what you need, yeah. you are basically co-creating that shit. So let's say, for example, as an example, mm -hmm. I'm the one throwing my socks everywhere. Okay? Yeah. Okay. And I like the... I, okay. Yeah. Uh, just, just bear with me, bear with me. And I, and I pick up my socks <clears> because <throat> I realize that that upsets you. Okay? Mm -hmm. 
And then another time you say, oh, I'd really appreciate if you'd load the dishwasher, right? Mm -hmm. So you do it, I load the dishwasher. And then I do this, and then I do that, and then I do that, and, I do, and then there's nothing coming from the other side. Like, for example, I don't appreciate it when you do this, or I don't appreciate it when you do that. And they still do it, and then you just, you just end up sort of... Me. Okay, so this is two, two different relationships. Let's say, for example, you say to me, you want me to, to pack my um, socks away, Let's and see. I say, I want you to talk less loudly on the phone when you talk. Yeah? That's a totally doable example. Yeah? Okay. As an example, right? <laughs> Um, I start to pack my socks away, mm -hmm. you continue to talk without any, um, let's say, consideration for mm -hmm. my feelings, and you continue to do it. And then it happens again, you ask me to make sure that I, um, I pack the dishwasher or put the, put the dishes in the dishwasher. And I do that because I realize that that's something that will make you um, uh, happier or, let's say, less upset. Mm -hmm. And then I say, well, you know what, I don't like the fact that you slam the door every time you um, leave the house or something. And you continue to do that. That just, and then you start to think to yourself, well, hold on a second, and, and it goes on that way, and then you, you sort of get further and further apart, because that person, I'm not saying you specifically, it could be me. I know, it's an example. Yeah, that person is not taking your feelings into consideration. Yes, but this is And that's thing. a very selfish thing. But no, okay, so yeah. there are two things here. One, boundaries are meant to be repeated, especially when they're new boundaries. So if I continually doing that, and you don't remind me that I'm doing it, that's also on you. Yeah, no, but of course you're not going to stay, stay quiet the first time. You remind no, you them. You carry on saying. What? And then, but, but then at some point, it's also for you. See, part of, of this is to say, hey, hold on a minute. I'm noticing a pattern where I have been saying that these things bother me and they upset me. And I don't feel like you're actually acknowledging my, this, my discomfort. And I just want to know, is it that you haven't understood what I needed? Is it that you don't care? Or what's going on? So it's not a tip for that. You tell me this, and I'll tell you that. You tell me this, and I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah, but the problem is, is a, lot, a lot of relationships end up being tip for tat, and that's when yeah, problems happen. Yeah, but that's bullshit. Yeah, that's but that's bullshit. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to talk about a shitty relationship, because who wants to have a shitty relationship? We're going to talk about how to, like, how do we navigate love from an authentic and a compassionate way, an empathic way. So let's say that again, we're back to that example, right? And you can, like, you, you are, we're, we're co-working. So we're co-working, because we are in, in isolation, we're in lockdown, right? And you are leaving your socks, and I'm working. And whenever no, I'm talking, I don't, on the I, don't, phone. I don't get how we could be co-working and me leaving my socks. We are home working. That's what I meant. So we oh, are okay, okay, right okay, now. fine, fine. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like my flatmates, for example. Whenever I'm on a telephone call, they go around rustling and getting plastic bags and eating and crisps and stuff. Throwing things at you. That was yesterday. And, and whatever. And, and and you just say to them, guys, please don't do this. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. You know that they might be watching this, right? That's fine. They can watch it. They realize that they're really annoying. They don't care. Like literally, they don't care. And then the thing is, you guys don't realize that. Okay, we joke a lot, but there are some things that I really. I'm starting to take offense to, so please stop doing it. And they still do it. And that's when you think to yourself, you know what? Either they're like super dumb and they really don't get it, or they're intentionally being like that to really annoy you because and they just want to push you away. Because there's not a real boundary. But how do you set the boundaries? That's the thing. You keep setting the boundary. You keep saying no, no, no. Un until when? Un that's when you that, that's what you for you to decide because that's for, for me to decide and that's when i decided to end I mean, my relationship because it, we were not but, but you co-created that bullshit there. together well of course it takes two to tango as exactly. you say of course so but. what i mean is that in in the previous again going back to the example of the stocks and the high high volume when you're talking on the phone if we're co we're working at the same space because we are you know lockdown and stuff and the, you start picking up the socks 
but I keep continually doing that. You, you have to keep on saying, hey, babe, you know, like I'm, I'm doing a report here. Can you just... And then if you see that the other person is just not meeting you there, that's when you go. So I'm realizing that I've been... I have set a very, very clear boundary that I needed you to respect. And it's not a request. I need you to respect. My boundary will be respected. You're going to meet me there or I'm going to basically walk away because there are boundaries that you really need to respect, right? So I'm noticing that this continuously happening and I need to know what's going on for you. Are you purposefully doing this? Are you not realizing this? What is the issue? And that in that line of discussion, maybe you understand the person. Like, honestly, I didn't know that. Maybe that person's going through something and they just... um... Or maybe they're fucking assholes. I don't know. But if I don't protect... That's why self-love has to be first because I need to know what is happening around that is triggering this discomfort. Because there are, there are um, conversations that are that must happen and there are conversations that make no sense. Like the sock situation, I'm not gonna get divorced because of the fucking sock situation. That's like a pretext. What's underneath, what's underneath, what's yeah, underneath yeah, yeah, is yeah. that the issue, right? So this is why expectations and communication are so important. And this is why it's so key, especially for our generation that was brought up with and they live happily ever after, but nobody ever told you what happily ever after should look mm, like. That's true. Um, for us to, know, to ask yourself, challenge that notion, what is romantic love to me? What does happily ever after even involve? How do I want to feel when I'm in love? How do I want to feel in a good relationship? What, how do I want to feel around my partner? How do I want my house to feel like? Like, these are the questions that take you deeper into your belief, your core beliefs about romantic love. And then maybe when you're doing the work, and that happened to me, for example, one of the things that I discovered is that I have a really hard time softening myself around men, obviously my partner, my spouse, because I grew up having to be very strong. I saw my mom being very strong because my dad, unfortunately, was not around. And, and when he was around, he was very aggressive. So my mom was tough. And so my ex-husband yeah. would try to yeah. soften and come to me and I would be like, no. In fact, I would have a tendency to go softer with my mom because she was my nourishment. So when we were living with her and she lived with us for a while, my issues will not be something that I will share with my ex-husband. It will be something that I will share with my mother. Yeah, but the and ability, that creates a, yeah. a, 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 a huge and, gap. And, but the ability to be this or that is within you, right? So you have that ability to be soft and silly. No. So like, I'll give you an example, right? Um, I, I, I'm so, when I'm with my sisters, I'm, I'm just soft and silly. Like we just joke around and we just, I'm a totally different person. And when I'm with my dad, it's a different story. I have to be tough. I can't show any weakness because <clears throat> he expects certain, certain I mean, there's, there's, there's a 35-year 30, relationship there. So I can't be like that soft and silly The person. story that I tell myself is yeah. that I can't. That's a story that you're telling yourself. It doesn't have to be the reality. For whatever reason. But the point is, you have the ability to be how you want. So when you go back to a relationship, um, you don't have to... No, but... If, if, you, if you've got your guards up all the time, right, with... I mean, this is... Forgive me, because you, obviously you've got a different experience. But for me, I've only been married once. And that, that experience was... It was, it was horrendous. It was yeah. horrendous. I mean, there was... There was it just... They were just two different languages. I was speaking Spanish and they were speaking Indian, right? They just didn't understand. Like, it was just two different languages. Um, and and, uh, and um, my, my trail of thought was lost. But what I was trying to say is um, 
if you're in, in a position where you just feel that you have to put up that defense mechanism all the time, something is not right. Like it's not, not necessarily. right. Not necessarily. It's not I right. I challenge that. No, not necessarily. Because again, romantic love is one of the moments where we're again triggered. So if I don't have self-awareness about my woundings, if I don't recognize the issues that I have, all the past that I have and the story that, that, that makes me and that makes the, the, the person that I am today and all those things, it's going to be very hard for me to change that and to show up in romantic love fully authentically and, and, and self-actualized. No, but I turned up fully unauthentic. No bullshit. No, no I did. I, I know I did. In the initial phase I turned up fully unauthentically. In the initial and phase we all do that shit. But, the, but then again, no but don't forget my my experience was only about let's say uh, the actual marriage lasted about seven months. Yeah. Yeah. And then prior to that it was about a year. Okay. Separated. A long year. distance. Yeah okay long distance but the point is it, it, it was a totally different experience. It, the point is you, you're, the whole idea of the honeymoon period is meant to be like, okay, there are no like uh, arguments and, and fist fights straight up. Not necessarily. Like, yeah, but, necessarily. No, but I, it shouldn't be like that though. It shouldn't be like that. Should is a word that doesn't do anything for this context. I'm talking about data and I'm talking about how relations, relationships work. When you have a, a, a relationship that starts as a long distance relationship, the honeymoon period is different because you don't have the hormonal feedback to keep you there. The, on one side and on the other side the, the way that you choose to marry her was different than um, the conventional western society stuff you were very cerebral you were very logical she seems good ticks on the boxes let's do this I want to get married so why am I saying bullshit is because the reality is that you co-created this situation was she an asshole yes I'm pretty sure she was did you co-create a lot of the drama that went on 50% yes yes Everybody does. There are not victims in relationships. Yeah. There are not. No, there no, I don't, I don't disagree. Wounded. No, no, I don't disagree. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's the thing. So you, what I, what, rather, rather than heal each other's wounds, yeah, you just kept poking at each other. Each other's wounds. Exactly. And, but that's but that's, that, that's what self-awareness yeah. comes in. Yeah. When when I say okay, so for again going back, so my thing, my tendency is that I harden, and that doesn't mean that I'm mean. I'm not mean. I will just not let you come close enough to my emotional world because I don't know if you're going to abandon me. And that comes from being abandoned by my dad several times, right? My self-awareness means that when I go back into the dating world, I know that there's going to be a barrier that I'm going to that I'm going to automatically create and then I have to either push through that and be like, "No. I can be soft. I can put myself back into being hurt." Or no. Yeah, but that's the thing. This is where and I do believe in Clicking, right? And when I say clicking, it doesn't need to be 100% everything clicks, but there needs to be some things that click to allow you to keep driving that relationship forward. Okay? Exactly. Yeah? But, but honestly, in all honesty, but, but, but let's be very, very honest right now. When you decide to marry your ex-wife, yeah. did you have any reservations? I had reservations. Exactly. I had reservations. And that tells you a big thing. Because but, but I had the, they were, the reservations were not things. Sorry, just to say the reservations were not. They weren't reservations where they were showstoppers. Like they weren't like no. They were things like okay, reservations are okay. She reacts in certain ways to certain things. Okay, I don't appreciate that. I don't like it that way. However, that could be because of the long distance. That could be because of the fact that she still hasn't experienced my love yet. Fully, and, that and is she's holding up things. So I did not. Be, I was not like, okay, well, you know what? I need to walk away now. No, but that's when 
as a responsible adult that is co-creating a relationship, you should have, if we're going to go, we should come forward and be like, so I'm noticing this pattern. I did. And then what was her answer? Because... Back down, the, the back, back person backed down, but they didn't, the next time it happened, the, they just... The reservations shouldn't, at, at the beginning of a relationship, the reservations have to be minimal. No, but, because but, if you are putting the, the, the fulfillment of the, the relationship, or if you are putting the success of this relationship in whether the person will change a certain behavior or not, yeah, we're starting with that. That was my problem. Exactly. Is that I was, I gave... Maybe when I love them, maybe if I, I do this, maybe... Yeah, 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 I gave the benefit of the doubt. Um, which was, okay, that person's probably going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. I was always fed from various uh, people in, in, uh, on her side of the fence, which was when she's in a stressful situation, she says things that she doesn't mean, blah, 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 I'm blah, I'm sorry, blah. but you're not four. Yeah. You're not a hypoglycemic four-year-old. Well, that's the, but that's the thing. So I, I was naive in that point of view. So typically when it comes to sort of um, assessing characters and stuff, through, through obviously my coaching, through swimming and stuff like that, I have to, I have to assess people's psychology and see what, where, how I can, I can push them <coughs> to the best of, mm -hmm. their, of their performance and their ability. And obviously you have to understand where they come from. What makes them tick, basically, is, is a, a big question. How can I reach them? How can I have that relationship with them mentally to get the best out of them? And so in terms of, um, uh, let's say, uh, what's the word? Uh, I've lost my vocabulary now. But the point is when, when you, you assess people's character, I'm very good at assessing people's character to, I, to put them in certain things and, and work with them. In this specific situation, I just lost all of that ability. No, right? you did and not. You are not coaching and you're swimming. No, no, you are marrying no, someone. No, no, it's no, different no, no, you're no, also going to get triggered. That's not my point. My point is I did have reservations and I did see red flags. But for some reason, I didn't act on those red flags. I didn't say, you know what? This is something that I cannot deal with and I have to walk away at that point. I, my guard was down. I, I'm, I'm just speaking openly here. I, I don't know how to explain it, but sort of like my guard was down. I was more soft in that situation. If this was a job, for example, right? And I was going for a job and I saw red flags in that company, like there were certain things I would not accept. I would have been like, you know what? Thank you very much for the opportunity, but... I'm, I'm not going to take it. My it, gut feeling would exactly. have taken over. Exactly. And but. so that's your responsibility. Whenever, how many, and this is actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this as an open question. How many times have you dated someone and you are like, well, maybe after we get to this point, he or she will stop doing this and I'm going to find the lesson on it. Bullshit. If you are negotiating on your partner's ability to change for the relationship to be a success, you are fucked. No, but hold on a second, hold on. I, I, I agree, but I kind of disagree as well. I'll tell you why. No, I'll tell you why. That's because, very, very, you know, very grandiose of us. No, uh, yeah, no, no, that is true. Um, when you're, when you're, one of the things that we, one of the issues that we had at some point was, was we did talk about change. At some point in that relationship, we said, there are some things that I've been telling you I don't appreciate that um, you, need to, you need to address. And the response was, I am not going to change. This is who I am, right? Hold I would on. have said the same thing. If you tell me that I need to change, no, I didn't say need. I just said we need to address. I said we need to address. I don't need things that I don't appreciate that okay. we need to address. And then maybe she will be like, the only thing I need to address is the fact that you are telling me that I need to change because that's how she will have read I, it. I, but the, the point is, the point is, at, her response was, I am now thirty-two years old. I am not going to change, right? Which is fair enough, right? And but that happened on too many occasions, which is like, well, hold on a second. If I'm I'm changing, I'm 35 years old. I'm older. I'm 35 now, and I am willing to adapt 
to your style of living. Therefore, I am I am extending that that um, that opportunity. No, to that's not, manipulative. Because that's me saying I will change for you if you change for me. That's no, no, no. I'm doing it open heartedly. I'm I'm compromising. If you're doing, if you're doing if, but hats, listen. This is the issue. If you are doing this open heartedly because you want to change and you want to be better, you cannot expect me to change. If I say to you, you have no, to love me said, as I am. No. No, we, we just said that if it's something that you don't like, you have to tell them that you don't like it. it. But the other person can always say fuck you. I'm not changing. Yeah, but that happened a and lot. Then, and that's when it got... Exactly, that was my boundary, though. That was exactly. my boundary. So I reached my boundary, yeah. But the thing is that in relationships, we have to stop wanting the other person to change, for fuck's sake. If you don't like them, dump them. Don't marry them. Don't enter a relationship with them. But the thing... And this is... This is so ingrained in media. How many times do we see a movie where the girl wants to turn the bad boy into a good guy? Bullshit. No. Once a bad boy, always a bad boy. Right? <laughs> no, it is not. I am not a rehab center for broken dudes. I'm not. I'm not a therapist. No, but, no, but why, did you, why, did you end, why did you have that form of attraction with that person to begin with? Because we are horn dogs, like we are hardwired to want to have sex and to, to pro propagate our... It's not just about that though, that's not... There's, there's but security, is that person going to be a good mother or father exactly. to my future kids? But, but this is the thing, Hats, that when you are encountering a, entering a situation where you, the, the success of your relationship is based on whether your partner adapts to you or not, that relationship is doomed because my partner can always say, Fuck you, you made me like I, like, like I am, and you marry me, therefore I'm not changing. When I am making you change for me, and I'm like, no, but listen, it's not that I want you to change for me, it's that I'm changing for you, so that now you have to pay me back by no, changing no, for no, me. No, 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 no I'm saying I mean. this is all self-conscious. Mm. This, is, this is not a, a, an open conversation. This is all subconscious, and this is like a lot of subtext going mm, on. Okay. Then I am manipulative as fuck. If I come, yes, I am, because I'm expecting something in return. If I love fully, I love without reservation. It's unconditional. And I say, I'm giving you my very best version, and I'm expecting the same from you. You don't give me that? Fair enough. I'm packing my things. I'm leaving. Yeah, the end. Which is what I happened. Which is what happened. And, exactly. And, but, but that's the thing. Manipulative is a bit... Uh, I'm taking that to heart a bit, because... I'm sorry. Love. No, no, but I... I manipulative can be... Can be uh, can have we many are contexts. manipulative. Like, imagine, I'm sorry. I know. I'm a mom that is like, I gave you my best years and this is how you pay me? Manipulative. I tell my clients all the time that if you make a decision to stop working, to be with your kids, to do all the things, and then you're regretting it, and then you're throwing it in their faces, you are manipulative sure, AF. Sure, No, but my... my, my I was, I was, this is, I'm, I'm going back to the, the socks thing, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm not putting the socks away because I want something back from you. No. No. This is, this is about compromise in a marriage, right? You are now living and sharing a space with somebody having been living alone for all your life. When you share a space with somebody, you have to appreciate that that person has certain expectations. They live their life in a certain way and that person has certain expectations. They live their life in a certain way and you have to work together to make it harmonious, right? If you want to make it work. So for example, back yeah, to But the that doesn't mean that I'm expect I'm putting the socks away because I'm expecting that one day that person I'm gonna have to hold it against it. But that's messed up. A lot that, of couples do that though. I it know, happens but, yeah, all the but time. Yeah, but that's messed up. Of I'm course doing it, is it fucked up. I'm doing it because I love that person. No, I'm right? doing it because I want to. There's love is not it's no, not no, the no, but no, what you just I'm said, you it. just said you said that that was one of the love languages. Is that when no, you do no, that you're doing it because you love no, the person? No, I'm doing it because I want to be my best self because I want this it's important. No, but my best self can be with the socks anywhere okay, in, the, fine. in the room. And then you will be like, okay, so 
um, we have a good marriage. And this is when... This is the, quite... The a, I mean, this is quite... A, we're going to have to stop at some point because we've been going on for about an so, hour. So, this is what... Compromising is not always external. Sometimes it's internal. I go and I say, again, um, the loud voice on the phone because that was my thing and yours was the thought, right? So... You tell me, okay, you know, babe, um, I don't appreciate when you're talking so loud. Actually, to be honest, it was the, the actual scenario was loud on the phone, speaking to your parent in a bad way. Okay. Which because is, I don't appreciate that. It's a far-fetched thing because, you know, I would never do that. But I'm you, just saying that okay. was the example. So, so that's what you're saying. You know, and you're like, you know, that really is important to me. You know, but for my culture, my upbringing, I, I value a lot the way we talk, we talk to our elder and, and, and it is your parents and blah, blah, blah. Okay. And I continually doing that then I am disregarding you and also your culture. And in a way, I'm actually telling you what I expect from parents and from children. So that's really fucked up, right? That was, that was but, the actual thing. To but this is the thing. You this can talk on the phone to the, to the grocery store to saying, I want my milk. And if you don't give me my milk now, I'm going to come down and like shout at you on the phone. That's different. It, it's still disrespect. But it's anyway, but moving away. You don't want but then I, go, but the, then, I go, then I go, when I go... If I have self-awareness and I love you and I want you to be happy because we're happy, we have something good here, I will be like, okay, so he's telling me that he's observing. And also it's how we, we, we communicate. So let's say that you, you and I have a very good relationship and we have very good communication and I don't feel judged or guilt into it. And I'm like, okay, so he told me that he doesn't appreciate when I talk to my parents like that and that this makes him feel this way and that he feels that it could mean this to, to my parents and blah, blah, blah. Wow, that actually makes sense. Um, I don't know how to deal with it, but maybe I can reach out to, to him or someone else. And then there's a growth there. Yeah. Obviously, this is much more deeper than the stock thing. What you just said about growth? Yeah. Growth? But the growth is mine. I'm not going to lump that in, in change. It's not no, change. It's, it's growth. growth. It's growth. And it's mine. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going back and saying... It's the compromise. Really I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Yeah, really the, the compromise is not here. The compromise is here. It's yeah. me going... Okay, so it's here there's a pattern. for this. Exactly. That's the point. But I'm not and trying to do tip for tap. I I'm was told categorically that growth is not going to happen. Deal yeah. with it. Exactly. And how do and you I deal with it? And I was just like, okay, fine. That's it. Thank you very much. Exactly. I know where you stand now. And this is that was just the beginning, right? Exactly, and but that like, and that's when and it, your boundary came in. It was a trend. And that's when your boundary came in. in yeah. So, for example, for me, with, with with my marriage, right? We both grew a lot. We went through some horrendous things, among with which my was my my postnatal depression. We had a lot of issues when we had our first son. Then my dad's death. Um, a lot of stuff happened there, right? Um, there was a moment where I realized that the person that I wanted him to become was not going to happen. Not because he's an asshole, because he's not, he's an amazing man, but because he doesn't have it in him and that's fine. And the woman that he needed was not me. So it was a very conscious decision of we love each other because we do and we will forever do because we are co-parenting these kids together and we are a really good family, but we're not a good couple. We are a great team of best friends raising children together. Let's just boundary that way. And so the conversation was not, you didn't change because you didn't love me. It was more my expectations and what I want and what I'm willing to compromise does not match yours. And, and it's time to part ways safely. Yeah, and I think, I think um, just obviously we're going to have to wrap this up really at some point, because we can go on forever. Um, we can. We and, have. And we will. We will. We'll, talk, we'll probably touch on this stuff again. But this all comes back to, from my perspective, is 
not just self-awareness, but also awareness of the other person and what they may be going through. Because there are reasons for everything, right? I know you want you need to fill up, but there are reasons for everything. So this is what I was saying um, to a friend the other day, is that um, when, when I come back home from work and the dog wants to go out to play, let's say, and you just have had a really bad day, you just want to, I don't know, go to bed, that dog cannot carry on saying, I want to play, 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 because play, you're really going to get on the other person's nerves. You need to be aware of that person's situation and know how to deal with that. So if a person is, for example, not uh, reacting to what you don't like, before you go and start attacking them, maybe start asking questions as to, okay. Communication. May, yeah, may, no, before, yeah, before you have that conversation, maybe, that, maybe they've had a bad day or maybe you should inquire as to, why they're not doing that for you? Because maybe there's an underlying issue. Oh, we're gonna, because we're, we're gonna get into tricky. But awareness, I, I, awareness. But awareness is, is not uh, awareness is not assuming. So here is when I say the story that I tell myself. So I let's say that you're my partner again, and you had a bad day. I don't know. You come home. It doesn't have to be partners as well. It can be also kids, yeah, kids okay. with parents as well. It can parents be your with kids. flatmates. Yeah, flat, it can it's, be it's any relationship. Yeah. It's any relationship. So that's when I say, okay, so I am coming in, and the feedback that I'm getting is different from what I normally get. Before I start assuming shit, which is we are super good at doing, I will come and say, um, so hey, hats. This happened, and the story that I tell myself is that this is going on for you. And I am reacting by this way, and it's making me feel this way, and I just want to check in with you. That's different than me saying, so, he's not doing that, or she's not doing that. And it's because, of the, because that's when I start assuming. So I have to be self-aware enough to know my triggers, and in before I assume that the other person is doing this for A, Y, Z. Intentionally for all, trying to do that Is to be like, so this is happening. And, and, and it happens all the time. Like um, I have it sometimes with, uh, with Matthew, with my eldest, because he's six and he's like more responsive, obviously. And I'll be like, hey, babe, are you okay? You seem a little tired. You seem a little this or that. And I try not to give him a lot of words because then he will copy them. So I'll be like, are you okay? Are you feeling Okay. And then I'll wait for him and then I will not make up a story unless I have his feedback. The same thing could happen with my, with my parents. With, it happens with my ex-husband. Like sometimes I'm like, hey, are you okay? Because you look a little bit off. And then the person might be like, yeah, you know, I, I'm just like, I'm spacing out. Okay, so I don't take your attitude against me. Mm. I know that your attitude is your attitude and you will have a reason and you might or might not want to share that with me. The issue is when I say... Your attitude is towards me because you blah, 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 and you create a whole story. Remember, our prefrontal cortex make us storytellers. So we have to hold on to the story. The story that I'm telling myself about this situation is that X, Y, Z. And it makes me feel X, Y, Z. And I react by ABC. When in reality, what I need is... So when we bring this into any type of relationship, but particularly romantic relationships, we can hold on to the stories that we're telling ourselves instead of imposing them onto the other person and reacting from a place of assumption that is just bullshit. And with that bombshell of coaching, we have to wrap it up, buttercups. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? I just want, I want us to end on a, on a slightly more green note. Green? green, green and sunny. Yes. <laughs> but but do you know but, you know um, we should listen to that song Michael Jackson Man in the Mirror. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to sing that song right now. Please but don't. Just, just listen to that song Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. 
And do know that if you are experiencing <clears throat> distress in your romantic relationship, it makes sense. It doesn't mean that it has to end. What it does need is that you need to put on the hours to figure yourself out and then be honest and loving and kind to your partner and have an honest discussion about it because they might be going through the same thing and you can navigate that together instead of just picking each other to pieces. Don't let your conditioning win when it comes to romantic love because romantic love is special and it's, it can be super healing and super amazing. So just keep the magic going. Um, Is that green uh, enough? Yeah, and with that, uh, thank you for listening uh, to this episode. And um, Like, share, subscribe, do all the magical things. Yeah, ooh, we, we have to get to like, like, yeah, like, share, subscribe, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, we hope you enjoy it and um, see you next week. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>